0: Hey everyone, welcome to shooting the shit with me, Angelo Gio Matteo. I decided to start this podcast because uh, why the fuck not? My friends and I have these really weird, really fun, and really interesting conversations where we don't necessarily agree with one another, and I thought I'd record that, bring it out to you guys so that you guys can enjoy it, engage in it, uh, and hopefully agree, disagree, uh, and engage with us. These are going to be roundtable discussions and debates with friends about different issues. And I'm playing around with the format a little, it's going to be a little shorter than what I have now. Right now this is a little bit of an hour, call it our election special. They're going to be 15 to 30 minutes in the future. And we also found that the discussion over Skype was a little tough because it was lagging. But we're going to try and play around with the different formats and hopefully have some of you, my friends, uh, to come on the show and engage with me and debate with me and fight with me if you need to. Uh, I'm going to be talking about different issues that I find really interesting. Some issues that my friends would consider Uh, (laughs) Geocore. I have uh, sports on the lineup. The Raptors coming off of a 56-win season. The Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant. uh, The Cavaliers, who I hate. uh, You know. The, the whole NBA league is changing and that's going to be fun to talk about. The NHL with the Leafs and the young, the young stars, Mitch Marner, and Austin Matthews, and Willem Nylander. Uh, I'm going to be talking about movies and TV. I go to TIFF all the time and uh, I love talking about the Oscars and predicting who's going to win. Uh, we're going to talk about music, of course. Kanye West, Bonnie Iver, Broken Social Scene. And of course, I'm going to be talking about politics because if you know me, I'm a huge fucking political nerd. That's what I did yesterday with J Webb, Steve, and Vip. I'm recording this intro the day after, and I looked at 538 earlier today, and I saw that Trump had a 35% chance of winning the presidency. That's actually ridiculous because a week or two ago, he was only in the low teens or even in the single digits. Now he has what, more than a third of a chance to win? In Florida, trump is up 48.1 percent versus the 47.8 percent for hillary clinton hillary was leading it yesterday morning i don't understand how these polls could be so different in literally just a few hours but they are and things are moving really quickly and things are just going to get closer as the election happens so that's what me vip steve and j webb tried to talk about yesterday hopefully you enjoy it and uh, let me know what you think here we go we're at University College and we are I'm excited to test this out um, we're with uh, Vip or with Steve or with j Webb. I'll let them introduce themselves in a second um, but first things first two rules number one uh, no speaking over each other or at least at least as much as you tr- as much as you can do not speak over each other and number two, check yourself before you wreck yourself. If you're going to come with any fa- uh, any claims, you better back it up with facts, all right? Um, I swear you're about to say, like, fascist claims, but, like, you <laughs> settle for claims. <laughs> Wasn't you were going with Uh So let's introduce ourselves. Vip, did you want to start?
1: Uh, I'm Vip. Uh, I don't know what else to really elaborate on here.
0: <laughs>
2: Steve? Um, I don't know. I study this sort of thing in politics, looking at uh, the rise of modern right-wing policies. So, I'm loving this election.
0: Right-wing policies. Uh-huh. J-Webb?
3: Um. My name is Jonathan Webb, but everyone calls me Jay Webb. Um. I'm, I'm. I guess my technical title is I'm a software engineer. I work for AMD. Um. I don't study politics, but I keep a lot of track of it. I find the intersection of technology and politics quite fascinating.
0: Cool. So let's get right into it. Uh, I checked five thirty-eight this morning, and uh, Nate Silver's got Trump at thirty percent. What the hell is happening?
3: I, I don't. I don't know anything meaningful. Like, I find that like the. So a lot of polls, all these models are built off like fundamental ideas. I mean, like, and when you look at the fundamentals of an election, like the Republicans totally should win, but that ignores the reality of the situation. And even like these things that try do more, that consider the polls and do more than just, they are more than just the fundamentals are still built off this whole concept of the fundamentals for how an election should work. I don't think anything about this election is how an election should work. And that's not me disregarding the... The statistics—it's me saying that uh, there's not uh, like an ounce of doubt in my mind. <laughs> Hillary's going to win. It's just like I, I don't think the predictions tell the, the statistical models tell the full story here.
0: But a question—I I guess the question is—is is there a chance in hell that Trump could actually win this thing? Yes. Yeah. What, what would it take for Trump to win this?
1: pincing the, the Rust, Rust Belt, Belt, all the people, people that have been hard affected by uh, manufacturing jobs disappearing. He needs he to, or I guess, guess he needs he to pay to them, them a bit more.
3: I mean, it's, he needs to make, like, minorities not hate him entirely. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the Republican Party in general. It's nothing new here, right? It's like, he needs to, like, cut his rhetoric that is just, like, legitimately just hateful to a, lo- a very large portion of the American populace and start talking about, like, policies and ways to help people, right? Because I think one of the big failures of the left in, like, 2016 is the fact that it's not respo- it, it, It's basically saying people who are truly really struggling, still struggling from the recession, that they, like, they don't need help when they do. Like, their feelings are valid. And Trump is appealing to that, but also doing a ton of garbage at the same time.
2: You know that's something I've actually wondered a lot about. Vip, um, you're down in Georgia. Yes. Um, what are the ads looking like from the Trump campaign? Like, what are you seeing in terms of their messaging there?
1: So I don't actually have cable TVs. So I don't get exposed to too much of that. But um, in in Atlanta, which is actually like a fairly liberal city, um, you don't really see too much of or Pence's. Um, you see. Some Gary Johnson, a bit of Clinton. Other than that, there's like relatively very little. Cool. Um but I do days up in North Carolina in rural town. Like these are farming communities.
0: Uh holy shit, Georgia just changed while I was uh while I was looking at five thirty eight. Yeah. Talking about talking yeah. about the the uh Rust Belt. Okay, we're looking at we're looking at the states here uh that are battleground states up in the north uh iowa ohio pennsylvania wisconsin michigan uh even new hampshire new hampshire looks to be a toss-up or um you know not as firmly in the clinton camp as as i thought what are the chances that trump is going to take let's go with iowa ohio michigan and pennsylvania because i know that right now as it as it looks iowa and ohio are leading trump Mm -hmm. And then Michigan and Pennsylvania are leaning Clinton. Um, which ones do you think Trump will actually take away? And has uh, Trump actually has Trump actually gained ground in any of these states? Didn't Bernie win
3: Michigan in the primaries? Did he? Yeah, I thought that was like a huge like surprise.
2: He might have. Um, I think he's probably got Ohio and Iowa on lock. I would be a lot more skeptical of Michigan and Pennsylvania, um, just because I know he's down about four or five percentage points um, in those states, and that's a little bit harder to sort of make up in the last week. There are other states like Iowa, um, like Nevada comes to mind, um, where he's down by about a percent. Or it, the margin is around a percent. I'm not actually sure who's up and who's down in those states. Um, but those would be, I think, the ones where it will be closer. Um, obviously, I think he would need Michigan, and he would need Pennsylvania to cross 270, but I don't think he can get them, given that he's down, like, five points right now.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'd question... So, like, I've never one to question polls, but the, the one place I would question the polls in particular would be a state like Nevada, because historically it's been so hard to poll. I don't even know why that's the case. I just... I just all I know is that it is, um... Like if I had to bet, I would bet that. Clinton takes Nevada. I I, I think that like a more interesting state would be what's the state beside uh,
0: Arizona. Arizona. Arizona,
3: that's an interesting state. I think that. I think that like particularly like if if we see like seeing like early polls saying that Clinton has won Arizona, this is game over. Even something like Georgia as well. Georgia, Atlanta. Like Atlanta's probably going to go Clinton, but like if the rest of the state goes with it, I think that would be like a huge
2: there's, there's no sign r- of
3: what's to come tonight.
2: at night. I don't think there's any reasonable chance of Georgia going blue is there there is it's like at least I at least at there, certain there point was back when it looked like it was going to be a Clinton landslide. I mean
3: it's not like we're talking about like Texas here where like if that went Clinton that'd be insane like Georgia has a, at least one point during this ridiculously stupidly long election swung Clinton so yeah. I think there was been, a
0: legitimate chance that Georgia would have swung Clinton. Sorry, were you going to save it?
1: I don't think Hillary's campaigned in person here. Oh, uh, Really?
0: Yeah, I, I, in 20,
1: Obama about like 2%, and Obama didn't step foot in the state. Um, so I think if she makes an appearance and if a lot more funding into campaign here, they could just swing it. But this is the closest it's been in a while.
3: I mean, like, has it, it's not, like, how, I think an interesting card would be, like, how much did, what's his name, who was running against Mitt, like, how much money did Mitt or, like, John McCain put into Georgia back in those elections? Because, like, if we're talking comparatively speaking, like, Trump is, like, pretty much doing nothing. Like, he has no, like, ground game at all. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, like, it's not completely non-existent, but, like, what he's relying on is the Republican Party, who is effectively not... The happiest campers about the situation and he's not doing he's got no structure of his own. We have Clinton who's got the Democratic Party who's been behind her like ostensibly for two years now um, whether or not they've admitted it and you have her just having excellent ground game of like years of experience doing this for like multiple presidential elections so.
2: And then she's only up 4% nationally so I mean, exactly. everyone hates her. She's an
3: easy person to hate. Uh, like everyone, everyone says that. Oh, like, like what's it called? Like, The shy Tory effect is going to apply to Trump. Like, no, I'm going f- to apply to Clinton
0: more. Like, it's 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 like. No, I I, I think there is a shy Tory no. effect with with Trump. No. Do, you, do you really think that people on polls are going to say that I support Trump, and then when they actually go out to the polls, that they're actually going to show? Yeah. Trump Trump, Trump right?
3: Trump's supporters are much more fervent about their support for Trump than than Clinton's supporters are. Right. Like, That's either not he, true. Like, like, like Trump is like, a, like, he. There are people who either really hate him or really like him. Like, how many? Like, like, I, i struggled to believe there's a person who's like, ah, like, I kind of support Trump, but like, I'm not sure. Like, like, because like, what is going to like be not sure about his policies? Like, you either like you disagree with what he's saying or you don't. His stuff is all black and white.
2: That that would imply then that his support has a, a ceiling and that he wouldn't be able to go back up it. We saw this with Rob Ford. Um, where he did have sort of a ceiling of about 35, 36 percent of support, and he couldn't go past that. But we've seen Trump's support wax and wane; it's going up. Yeah, on but a it's it's right still now, ca- capped at a certain point. Then where where is that cap though? Because like, if 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 people are so set in their ways of being sort of anti-Trump as you say or pro-Trump, then they would have made up their minds and they'd stick with their support. But we're seeing that that's not the case. I think a lot of the flopping
3: of the polls is more to do with people, like wanting to move to a third party. I don't, like I I.
2: I don't think I, that's I true. I think
0: I I think there's a grain of truth in that, in that there's a dissatisfaction with the current political system as it is and the current politicians. It's the it's yeah. the vote out the bastards effect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and. I think that's what's going on with Trump. That uh, a lot of people are disgusted by his comments and think he's uh, racist, think he's homophobic, think he's uh, think he's misogynist, uh, think he's a total creep. But uh, like uh, it, when you look at the interviews, they might uh, they might agree with that, but they might also say, "But I'm never going to vote for Clinton, and I am never, uh, and I don't like the people that are in office right now." And Trump represents something that. I can get behind. The idea of Trump, the perception of Trump is uh, more important than the actual man and candidate. And that's why I think we'll start to, we'll see these secret Trump supporters showing up at the polls on the day of.
3: I just don't think that the people, because like, you're basically saying that like the, the secret Trump supporters are people who are dissatisfied with the system. I don't, I don't think that people who are dissatisfied with the system are being quiet about it. Um, like this, this is not a new thing, right? Like this happened. How, it, like the idea of people who've been dissatisfied with the system, with the Republican Party, with like the Democratic Party, with like, anything about it, like that's not new. And they haven't been quiet for a while. And they've only been getting louder. And may, I can entertain the idea that they like they've bandwagoned in behind Trump. Fine, but I don't think that. I don't. I don't think the idea that they're under is makes that. I don't think. I don't think that, that doesn't really make much sense to me. Right, like, why would a group that's been so vocally loud for such a long time, like, they talk about how they've been suppressed, but like, really, like, uh, this, this dissatisfaction is like, the political system isn't unique to America and it's not new. It's been like this for a while, you know. I would mean, you disagree with that
2: statement, or? I mean, yes and no. Um, I think there is general dissatisfaction with the system that is loud, um, and so I'm not necessarily sure that it's the Shaitori effect just because people use that phrase ever since um, the British election, where it was a surprise Conservative Party majority, um, and then again when um, the Leave campaign won in the European Union referendum. Um, but I'm not sure that that can be applied to the Trump case, just because the idea of the shy Tory effect is that um, the campaigns are called racist, or they're called xenophobic, or whatever. They're, they're being they're being maligned by other people. And so supporters are less likely to admit their support because they don't want to be maligned by other people. The difference between those cases and the Trump case is that it's the campaign or the candidate himself who's making these statements rather than other people saying that the statements a campaign is making are bad. Um, and that's, that's why I think it's, it's less likely that people will be reluctant to vote, or reluctant to say that they're voting Trump. But at the same time, I, I wonder, because of what you're saying, Jonathan, that Trump supporters are so loud that you might even have a shy Hillary vote um, where people don't want to say, or don't want to admit that they're voting Hillary because they don't want to be sort of maligned by Trump voters for supporting her. And so I wonder if you would actually see an underrepresentation of Hillary voters, voters who want the safer option or, like the less risky option as it were on the ballot who don't want to necessarily say that that's what they're gonna do and like especially I'd say that's true
3: I would agree with that <laughs> In like places where like you have a lot of Trump supporters like like in the south like in Texas like in outside of like where is it outside of Austin like I, I I'd be very confident say like in like Dallas or something um, being a, a Hillary supporter is something you would never really admit you know I mean, I have read some articles saying that places like Texas might flip, which is why I don't know why I keep using it as an example. But like Louisiana, for example. Like I, I bet like I'd be willing to bet that particularly in the really red really historically red states, or at least last thirty, forty years red states since Reagan, um, you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of people who wanna vote Hillary just refuse to, to admit it. Whereas like maybe I, I don't see I don't think that I think it it almost varies on the state level. Like I feel like I, I feel more like, in a place like New York, you're lucky to see a, a shy Trump effect, or New
0: Hampshire. Vip, do you want to say something?
1: I, I kind of agree with Steve. I, I think there's, um, there's definitely people who don't want to admit any like Trump I might be turned off by his attitude, uh, but just want lower taxes and the government as much. And I think that's what happened with Rob Ford, you know, right? Like... People didn't like that he was smoking, but at the end of the day, that was better than paying higher property taxes.
3: I mean, yes. Ford's, like, accusations of smoking crack. He never ran an election, in an election where – or finished running an election where he's under that accusation.
2: No, but you saw it in the polling numbers. Yeah, Yeah. Was, okay, fair. When the, when the story first broke, a lot of his supporters said, well, <clears throat> who cares? It's his own personal issues. Um, we just want his agenda to get through. Right. Um, and it, it, it's sort of the same thing with Trump. Where you see people say, "Well, who cares? I, I like his ideas," and then in both cases, I think past a point, people start to say, "Well, actually, there's a limit to how much personal issues uh, I'm going to accept," uh, and past a point, people are going to say, "Well, no, that's that's too much for me. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not going to support you," uh, and you, you saw it with Rob Ford where he sort of he hit that ceiling of about thirty five percent, and he he won in two thousand ten with fairly hefty uh, margin given sort of the lead up to that election and I, I think you sort of see it the same way with Trump where um, you, he's going to hit that, that ceiling of, of support where there's too many people that say well no his personal issues are, n- are now too <coughs> much for me um, and even if I want the policy agenda um, I, can't, I can't support
0: that and so the question is where is, where is that ceiling? I, I don't know. Well, so I spoke with one of the pollsters, someone uh, involved with the campaign for George yeah. Um, who was Ford's uh, opponent back in what, 2010, yeah. uh, 2010 mayoral election. And uh, he was telling me that they had conducted focus groups with uh, potential Rob Ford voters. Um, and you know the focus groups were randomized, and um, it had, uh, it had uh, male, female, all female. Um, uh, groups and uh, the common thread was that uh, that that they kept saying Rob Ford says all of these nasty says all of this nasty stuff. He's homophobic. He's uh, he is misogynist. He's racist. Um, but then when you asked him afterwards, who are you going to vote for? They all said Rob Ford. <laughs> and they uh, yeah and you. Uh, you ask them why, and it's because he might have said all these things, but, and then they'll have they have their own reasons, the policy reasons, the uh, the policy. agenda. it's not as if people aren't paying attention to the policy. it's just where did as we were talking about, where does the line get drawn between personality and the policy?
3: I feel like the Ralph Ford analogy, while like somewhat apt, is a little unfair, because like I know I remember back in the election where like I was, for the record, I wanted Smithman to win, um, but like. His policy wasn't like anywhere near as ridiculous
2: as what Trump is proposing. Like we're talking to be clear, the 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 comparison that most people make between Trump and Ford is wrong. Yeah. Um, The the real comparison is between his voters and the support base, rather than the campaign and the the policies themselves. My my point is
3: that like if if for a Ford voter to say like they support him because they think he has good policies seems reasonable to me. Like that's not what we're seeing with. Trump because his poli- some of his policies are just like abjectly ridiculous, right? Like,
2: I mean, so were so Ford's,
3: but, yeah. he, but <laughs> he, he he didn't run advert. Ford, Ford didn't run advertising about banning Muslims from joining the, coming to come into the country, right? Like, yeah, it's a different. Like like, like like Ford like, okay, so like Ford was obsessed with like his big point was like stopping the gravy train at City Hall, which was really just an overblown, not really that big a problem that didn't actually save much money, but like. Like at least that's a policy that like, sort of seems to make sense.
2: Yeah. You know? But, but that, that, that's why the, the real comparison between the two is, is their support base. It, it's it's mm-hmm. the people who have been maligned by elites, as it were, um, told that their issues don't matter and that they want somebody to champion what they think are, are the real concerns. And it goes back to what Vip said earlier about um, people who have been sort of really downtrodden mm-hmm. under the recession who are told mm-hmm. that their issues don't matter, uh, who are told that, for example, well, we need to close down coal power plants so that um, we want more green energy. But then you realize that for a lot of people, like the coal mining states, um, that's their livelihood. Um, and when people are told that their issues don't matter, whether it's silly suburban issues in Toronto or whether it's like maligned groups of people in backwater states in America, it's 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 the same sort of support base.
0: Well, but here here's the question: Why why is it now that that's that's happening versus the uh, strain of conservatism that we've been seeing for so long with the uh, um, with the cons- with the uh, GOP? Right. Um, there are two ideologies here at play. There's the um, there's the neo-conservative or uh, near-liberal conservative or liberal conservative Ideology that's been championed by Reagan, the the party of free trade, and then the rise of the Tea Party and and everything, um, and then all of a sudden you have Trump with all of the populism, who's actually going against a lot of the orthodoxy of the of the GOP. How do you square that circle? I think that
3: Trump is actually a lot more neoliberal. Like, so like.
0: But an anti-trade, anti-immigration. So like, things. like there's a difference
3: between like neoliberal, like there's like neoliberalism and like neoconservatism, which they aren't mutually exclusive. Like the, one of the big trends of the last like ten years was that neoconservatism that like very interventionist policy. Um, you have like these people who have been. Like, I mean,
0: aren't
3: the neo- isn't a neoconservative essentially the same thing as neoliberal? No, like neoconservatism is like it's like this idea of like like. The Iraq War wasn't a very neoconservative thing to do, right? Like free markets is a very neoliberal thing to do. Um, so like, you have this thing where you take neoliberalism, which is like opening up, our, like the free trade agreements, stuff like that. You take um, neoconservatism, which is like engaging other places in the world. Then you take the recession. You take the terrorist. Like you take nine eleven. Do you have this huge group of people who are like sick of their government, like particularly like their party, the Republican Party spending so much time worrying about the rest of the world and they feel like they're just ignoring their themselves. And so like bit it's like it historically it has been more nationalistic. Um, and cool. so the second so this this group of people who've been dissatisfied with their party worrying seemingly worrying about the rest of the world more than their own country. And you're left with people who just get angry at the situation.
0: But why did the GOP get it so wrong? Even with the rise of the Tea Party, now now the conser- uh, the GOP is eating itself eating it, we, itself from in the we, inside, you know? We don't know that they got it
2: wrong, though. That's the thing. Um, when it looked oh, like, oh, come on. No, hold on. I, don't, I, I agree here, with here, this. Here, I agree with here, this. Here. <laughs> um, when it looked like it was going to be a Hillary blowout, and she was going to like completely destroy any sort of competition, when we were talking about Texas being in play, that would sort of register as a complete refutation of the direction that the GOP has taken. Um, all of this stuff on protectionism, on isolationism, on nationalism. But um, if, say, Trump gets 250 or 260 electoral college votes, that's not necessarily a refutation by the American voters of Trump's ideas. You could construe it more as a refutation of Trump as a candidate, as a person. But I don't, I don't think we've actually seen um, a complete refutation of the ideas. I don't think we, we necessarily know if it was a bad choice No, I, electorally.
0: Not, that, that's not what I mean. I mean a refutation of the GOP elite and the GOP's uh, orthodox oh. uh, conservative ideology because I think, cl- I think yes, Trump is very you know, the, the, the conservative base yes. has become pro-Trump not necessarily pro-GOP.
3: So Do you, like, you get what I mean? I would argue yes. that the
0: GOP was getting it right. Because
3: like we're sitting in a situation where the fundamentals say Republicans should win, and so every point, every time that like not being ahead is a loss for the GOP. Like they they should like a a win for the GOP is doing better than they should be expected to do, right? And we're talking in, a, in an election cycle where really like four points is a statistically significant number, right? They should be they should be at least four points ahead. A good situation for the GOP is. Where that's happening, I think with a candidate like Marco Rubio, like maybe not Jeb Bush, but like with a candidate like Marco Rubio, that could and would be happening right now, right? Like like the GOP was right. Their 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 guy was the guy who should have won if they wanted to win this election, right? Trump yeah. is not just losing. He's like like the middle point isn't like 50 50. The middle point is Republicans winning by four points, and he's in that respect he's down eight. You know, no,
2: I get what you mean. Yeah, right.
3: Like we should The benchmark should not. It should not be last election or two election. ago. It should be how this election was supposed to run, by everything we know about American politics and like the American public. And the fact that, he, that he's losing so badly by that margin is it shows that the GOP was right and that what they wanted to do. Marco Rubio should. Ha- if, Mar- if the Republican Party wanted to succeed, they should. They should have picked who was their most lucky candidate to win. The, the truth is, the even
1: been really good. Say that again? Even Kasich would have been really good.
3: Like, if I was an American, I might have voted for the Republican Party as like a person who's like staunchly liberal in Canada. I might have voted for the Republican Party if Kasich was the candidate. Like, that's yeah,
2: we 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 saw in polls that generic Republican presidential candidate was up, say, four points, like you're saying, John, um, on Hillary Clinton, whereas Trump, um, when those same polls were conducted, was down. I don't remember how much, but he was down compared to generic Republican candidate, which I mean, in in to some degree, you can just you can pin that on not actually having a name, and and generally the fact that nameless parties do better than uh, people when you put a, a candidate to the to the name. Um, but even still, I think I think I think you are right that um, any any other Republican candidate except maybe Ted, Cruz, um, <laughs> would <laughs> Ted be, Cruz would be performing better against Hillary Clinton, particularly Rubio, particularly. No, yeah, just Rubio. I
3: mean, I, I even think, like, I think Ted Cruz would be closer than, say, Rubio, but I do think that he would win. I, I consider Ted Cruz more damage, dangerous than Trump because I think that they both have not that different of policies, and I think that, like, Cruz might actually be successful in passing some of them.
0: But, okay, so what, what, I, what I meant by, by the party getting it wrong, I didn't mean that they got it wrong with picking Trump. Although I will say to that point that when you look down the ticket... Picking Trump mm-hmm. might have also been a terrible choice because some of these GOP candidates are uh, yeah. are being associated with Trump, and therefore their poll numbers are down and may lose their seats um, uh, in Congress. Uh, so the Senate you know, they, might
3: flip. There's a good chance of it too. Yeah,
0: there's a very good chance of the Senate flipping. Um, what I what I mean by getting it wrong, I mean, uh, um, I f- it's as if the GOP did not understand their base. Until it came back to bite them, right? They flirted with the Tea Party. They flirted with these with these racist uh, white supremacist rhetoric, um, and then they got they got this guy who has now suddenly become uh, anti free trade, um, anti immigration, um, who is uh, uh, who uh, is somewhat pro. Uh, pro uh, taxes for uh, for certain sections of the of the electorate. Um, someone who um, who has some sort of idea of uh, um, of keeping parts of Obamacare, even though he says he yep. doesn't like Obamacare. The he said before. Yeah, he said before that like that he as president he doesn't want dead people on the streets. Yes. Like, and that he will uh, implement his own uh, healthcare plan. Now, you know whatever that healthcare plan looks like, which is probably there's no there's probably no plan at all. Um, like the fact that he's willing to say that there that he would have a state healthcare plan uh, seems to me to be very different from what the GOP has been preaching for the last uh, eight years with Obama.
2: You know, I, I agree, um, and I don't know if I would necessarily compare the Tea Party movement within the Republicans to Trump supporters, just because fundamentally the Tea Party was anti-government. They wanted less government involvement in all of those things, whereas Trump ostensibly is like pro-big government. He wants the government to build a wall, for God's sakes. Right, like, so the point, <laughs> is,
0: the point is, how did we get from the Tea Party to Trump, right? Are these the same people? No. Is this? Uh, They're not the same people. No. And and so then, how did the GOP electorate shift from the Tea Party voters to Trump's Trump supporters? I don't like,
3: think they ever were Tea Party voters. I think they were always Trump supporters. It's just that you never had anyone preaching their message.
2: Yes. Um. I think like aside from the policies that were sort of brought around during that period with the Tea Party, um, the general point was this anti-government, anti-politician rhetoric that we don't like what the elites are doing for us and we want to sort of a new populist sort of government is, is the same strain that's ended up in, in Trump. And I think its it was there four years ago when we had the Tea Party taking over a little bit, but I think it's definitely grown internationally, which we've seen um, as we deal with things like the migrant crisis in Europe um,
0: the whole anti-globalization. Yeah, it, it's it's
2: definitely yeah. grown since to the two thousand twelve election, um, and so like, you you ask what what happened? I think just the world happened and the politics shift.
0: Shit happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean
3: like to to go back to the, like something from Reagan. There's like, there's like the which is I know this is a ridiculous thing to say, but like. It's like the whole thing that he preached about, like, the invisible hand of the economy, which... Yeah. Like, like I, I do I, I do think that Reaganomics is largely bullshit, but, like, or at least... I'm not, I cannot... Well, that's back. true, but like, no, but that's no, just no,
0: traditional liberal... Like, like well, yeah, what
3: I'm getting yeah. at is that, like, the, the benefits of globalization, and, like, because I'm very pro-globalization, um, are not visible to most people. I think they're more visible in urban centers because we have, like, we interact with so many different, many different places because... Of globalization, but like if you're living in small town America, living in small town Canada, living in small town, literally anywhere, ever, like the the, the benefits you're getting from globalization is not visible. It is it is like yeah, the, it is yeah. the invisible hand of the global economy. That's,
1: that's, that's not that's true. true. If you live in Louisville, Kentucky, Toyota yeah, has a the the giant plant that builds Camrys for all of North America there, right? right. It's but like,
2: but people don't think about it that way.
3: Yeah, it doesn't like
1: people don't. Wait, but it it's, it's true for globalization for the, that's. Small,
2: it, it's, oh no, it, it,
3: like it doesn't affect everybody, it totally does affect everybody. And, and, and arguably, in, in what I would argue a positive way. It's just not obvious to <laughs> everyone if you don't live in a big city. <laughs> yeah,
0: Well, well, but like, okay, so t- uh, I, I want to tie this back into the electoral map. We're seeing, a re- I, I think we're seeing a realignment of, of uh, the electoral map compared to previous years. I think the Rust Belt um, is uh, is more pro Republican in this case, and I think a lot of it has to do with this anti-globalization uh, uh, issue, right? And uh, the Rust Belt, uh, the places where there used to be mining towns and uh, coal towns, uh, manufacturing, um, all of these uh, all of these states are uh, have such high unemployment rates, um, and they haven't felt the the benefits of Uh, globalization but not only that they've been hit by the recession they've been hit by the uh, negative effects of globalization and then the government decides not to do anything about it you just leave these uh this this shit town to its uh to itself right and that's where the anger is coming from that these little towns in in Appalachia that are like mining towns uh, Mm -hmm. are just not being helped out at all they are being left uh, abandoned and okay traditional economics says that's supposed to be what uh, uh, that's supposed to be what happens there's an adjustment in the economy and and they're supposed to move but some some people are like really really old and they can't learn new skills um, when it comes to actual people uh, you know the, the economic theory doesn't always work out right mm-hmm. Vip, did you want to say something
1: I agree. I think um, that old people in these towns not being able to adapt is, is a good point because Democrats are offering them currently nothing and the Republicans are going to get these jobs back. They won't be able to. And two options, one which is kind of like a lie and the other which is non-existent. So they're more likely to take the lie because at least there, there's some attention. But the Democrats have been notably silent on the issue.
2: Yeah, that, that's just it. People don't necessarily want Trump to build the wall, not necessarily. But they like the fact that at least he's talking about these issues, um, even if they don't like his policy preferences to solve them. At least he's talking about them, whereas the Democrats aren't.
0: Yeah, that, that's 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 a good way to put it. Actually, um, what about? Okay, so let's let's go back to the to the map. Um, And let's start let's start placing bets on some of these things. Oh God Um, Let's go with the big big one, Florida. What are we gonna see with Florida on Election Day? There's been so much volatility uh, with Florida like the last couple of days. This thing has been swinging uh, back and forth between Hillary and Donald Um, right now on 538. We've got uh, 49.2 for Hillary and fifty point eight for Donald under the oh, polls up? plus
2: model. Uh, so what? I didn't realize he was up. Jesus.
0: Yeah, he's up. Yesterday he wasn't up. Um, except the last two recent polls, Survey USA, CNN, um, they had Clinton, Clinton plus one, Clinton plus three. Um, October twenty fifth to October twenty seventh, cl- uh, Trump plus six uh there are some big swings here uh so bets who do you think will win Florida why did you start with the hard one because it's easy to get let's get let's get the hard one out first
3: I, I would bet on Hillary Hillary,
1: Hillary by, by two three three, three three.
0: but
3: I think a lot would have to happen is like I think yeah. I, I think I think Florida like will like go Republican if the Republican candidate is good but like I don't and and like I I think that they have a habit of going towards like the candid that is you know like it, 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 for some reason they seem, seem to be like see through a lot of bullshit I don't know like the sort of the business has been very good at voting for, they have like, a, a very solid like strong Republican and strong liberal liberal bases that would like never change their minds but even old even like among old people you have kind of like FDR Democrats right. Um, and then you have like this like middle area of people who just like always che- effectively going to choose the candidate, and I don't know. Like, the Florida always seems to like come through, make reasonable mind my mind decisions. Mm. Uh. <laughs> um, I mean, like, let's, let's not talk about. Let's like, it ignore Bush second term or first term. I think it was actually.
0: Yeah.
1: Let's,
3: let's exclude that election. That election was special. <laughs> um, well, they know, voted for Gore. I mean I mean like in recent thirty last thirty we, years history. What, what were you
2: saying?
0: They voted Goldwater.
1: They voted for Gore, right? Oh, yeah. Did they vote for Goldwater?
0: No, they didn't vote for Gore. That was the, that was the issue. That's that not what we're it, not talking about. Yeah, that was the, that was the whole okay. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna we're not gonna talk about that. No. Um but we'll the polls right okay. The polls only model for five thirty eight, this get this. Hillary Clinton, fifty point zero percent. Donald Trump, 50.0%. I don't, I don't believe projected, that. I projected vote share over time, 479 Clinton, 478 Trump. They are literally tied right now under 538's models. I, I just, like, don't, do not buy that. I think I'm, it could literally I'm, go...
2: I'm, I'm going to give it to Trump. I'm going to give it very barely, very barely to Trump, but I'm going to posit that or I'm going to qualify that statement and say it's not going to matter.
3: No, I would argue that if, if Florida wins Trump, that if Trump goes Florida, Florida, Florida goes Trump. Oh, my <laughs> words. If Florida goes Trump, I think Trump will win the election. So I'm putting it that there. I don't, I, I, I don't see a situation in where Trump can win this election without having Florida. Because like, yeah. that, that, that's like the biggest, other than like, maybe like Texas, or something, the biggest state that he has any chance of winning.
0: No, but so what you mean is right. Trump can't win without Florida but i don't think that uh, i don't think that just just because yes. trump wins florida doesn't necessarily that, mean that he'll win that's I, what I, i'm I, saying i think that that's if, what I'm
3: i think that if trump wins florida that something weird just happened and the, the, the states that he needs to win will follow
0: so if if he wins florida he's going to have to win he's going to have to win north carolina he's mm-hmm. going to have to win iowa Ohio. He needs to win all these these uh, these these battleground states: (laughs) North Carolina, uh, uh, Iowa, Ohio, Arizona, Nevada, um, and maybe even take away Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Those are those are right now leaning Clinton, but But, like that's that's what I mean. Is that if I I think he'll win Florida. Uh, I don't
2: think he'll win Michigan and Pennsylvania, and I know a lot of people have been talking about that. Uh, which is why I say I think he'll win Florida, but I don't think it'll matter because I think he'll lose anyways because he's not – it'll get him close. Because if he wins Ohio and he wins Iowa and um, Arizona and Nevada and Florida, that gets him to, like, 260, 265 maybe. Um, but if he doesn't win Michigan and Pennsylvania, which are harder to win than Florida, they're not, they're not as close, um, then I don't think he'll win. So that, that's why I say I think he'll win Florida, but I don't think it'll matter. I mean, yeah. I
3: think at the crux of why I think um – Trump will win. Trump won't win Florida, is because Florida is a state that has a very, has a, has a decently sized um, minority population, mm-hmm. and I think that this election, because of Trump, we're gonna see a huge, a, a very large influx of minority voters. And if you go in like five thirty eight, and you, you that, that's a one page where you can change, like it, it gives you like the sta- average demographics of like voter turnout for, for like white, like men, women by race, like minority status stuff like that. And like minorities and young people always turn out lower, right? Mm. I think that I think young people feel, are particularly feel disenfranchised with this election, but particularly white young people don't give a shit. They, they can, can, will survive under either president. I think that minority voters will particularly come out in strong force this mm-hmm. election because of how much they have to lose here, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that we're going to see states like Florida just like swing. Like in a way that the the, the the polls like 538 do not show because they assume a low turnout from minority voters. I think we're going to see a huge swing in in, in states that have a large minority population, in states like Nevada and states like
0: Florida. So here's the here are the factors of whether or not uh, Trump or Clinton are going to win Arizona or Florida or Nevada. Um, I think it'll be. Uh, the we're not just talking minority voters. I think we're talking specifically about Latino voters. Yeah. Um, Latino uh, voters, and the the problem is, as you said, there it's it's low turnout for a lot of these Latino voters. But if they are somehow mobilized and energized to vote uh, this election, especially considering the fact that uh, that Trump is. Trump is specifically advocating for an anti-immigration "build the wall" campaign. Um, They might actually be motivated to go out and uh, go out and vote, in the same way that in uh, in uh, the recent uh, Canadian election, uh, Harper's uh, Harper's uh, barbaric cultural practices (laughs) hotline got (laughs) got got Muslims to go out and vote for the first time. Steve is Um, like putting his like. For the record, Steve is putting like his
3: like, ha- face-polling right now as a conservative supporter, watching <laughs> his party up. implode. Shut up.
0: But th- that, that's what I mean. And we'll, we'll have to see whether or not the Latino voters come out and actually vote. Um, and the, that's why I think states like Arizona and Florida might swing, uh, might swing Clinton. We also know, in terms of early polling, that numbers are looking good for Clinton, in terms of early po- uh, polling. Um, and usually registered Republicans uh, do well in Florida with uh, early voting. Uh, Clinton uh, with uh, registered Democrats early voting uh, has actually been pretty good, better than uh, Obama did in 2012 and 2008 in terms of early voting. Um, So maybe we'll see, maybe we'll see a a Florida switch. But I think, again, we go back to this idea of the shy uh, shy Trump supporter. Uh, even though Trump doesn't have a get-out-the-vote campaign or a get-out-the-vote uh, uh, effort, I think we Still. will see people... be Like, if they are motivated enough to vote out the bastards, they will vote out the bastards,
3: right? I mean, I, I will stand by this for a while. I think that Hillary's best get-out-the-vote campaign is Trump's campaign for president. Like, it's... it's When you're right. yeah. when, when you running a campaign that... Will actively hurt. So that, that, that is actively talking about doing things that, that are like just objectively bad for certain demographics. Like that is that's reason alone to get for you to go out and vote. I think. I think people. I think there's like a genuine fear, like on all sides of this, and a particular and like a fear that people don't really talk about much. A fear that Trump might win, right? And I think that fear. Gonna, in the same way the fear of like terrorism is it, getting a lot of people to support Trump, that fear of Trump winning is going to get a lot of people who might not vote to vote for the other side, you know?
0: Vip, do you want to say something?
3: I'm lagging. Oh. Sorry.
1: It's
0: okay.
2: I think it would be fair to ask, um, how, to you guys, what do you think the electoral breakdown is going to be? How many,
0: how many college votes? Um, I, I think it'll be somewhere in the, I think Clinton will be, will win 290. She'll be, she'll be under the 300. Mm-hmm. Um, that's assuming things don't get better or worse for her in the next couple of days. Um, if things get better, she might actually break the 300, uh, the 300 electoral uh, uh, threshold. Um, but I see it 290, 290,
3: I think, like, maybe I'm being, like, optimistic. Actually, optimistic is the wrong word. Like, naive, even. I think, I could easily see, I, I feel like, I could break 350. I know it's, like, a really big number. Oh, I, oh, 350? I, oh, yeah, no, I know, like, Write that one down. people might, I realize, like, people might think I'm a fucking dumbass. Um, and to be fair, I probably am. Um, I don't... Yes, you are. <laughs> I don't think... It's, def- it's definitely not impossible. Like, this isn't like... We're not talking like a 0% chance. We're talking like a 10% chance, maybe. Um, which is like, crazy thing that's happened, and below it, 10% chances, you know? Um, I think at last minute, the country is going to get cold feet about it. I think they're going to say like, okay, maybe this isn't such a smart idea. Um, and we're going to see a huge swing towards Clinton. Um,
2: 350,
0: oh, good god. <sighs> like,
3: it just, it, it seems to me that, like, we're not talking about something that, like, we're not not—we're ta- not talking about, like, Brexit. Brexit was like, a single-issue thing, like, right? Like, even if you disagree with it, it's like, uh, the worst case scenario is, like, I, I, I will defend that, about, for all I don't support the, the Brexit, I do think that it's not the worst possible, like, it's not going to end the British life. Um, I think the same thing with Rob Ford. It was much smaller, less, less, uh, like, like, like. overall, I do think the municipal ma- elections matter. I don't think it's like it's not end of the world. Bad. I think that at very last minute, people will get really fucking scared of what might happen with Trump, and I think that's going to happen really broadly. I think. I think he's managed to get him to a point that he's more scary than the things he's trying to pitch to people that are scary. He's trying, he's trying to scare people into voting for him. And I think that he's become so ridiculous that he's scaring people to vote against him. And I think that's gonna become very visible as we get closer to the election. I don't, I don't think it'll ever be visible in the polls. But I think or maybe it will be, I don't know. Like we even saw in the Canadian election how like in the last three days the polls went from being like mildly Justin Trudeau to like just <clears throat> just like crazy Justin Trudeau, right? So, I think that something like that is possible. I, like, and I, I do think that seeing a ridiculous Clinton win is not impossible.
0: I I, I actually can see that. I think it's possible, but not plausible. Um, I I
1: think what's realistic is Clinton getting anywhere from three hundred to. 50.
0: What's that top? Line? Sorry, three hundred to what? Pip. Damn it! I went oh, to the. Oh no. That. Ah, uh, so close.
2: I need to know. That's
0: what you need to get. That's so it, close.
2: the 300 is Vips bottom prediction. That's 300
0: me. to No, I don't I think we lost. I think we lost it. 300 to 330 votes. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah. I think I think that's possible. I think um I, I think it'll be 300 uh I think it'll be around the 300 just, you know, 290 to 300 unless things go really good for her in the next couple of days. And as j Webb just said, like, I think like there could be a last minute effect and uh, uh, things suddenly change from here on out. But um, even Nate Silver says it in his motto that like things are just going to the, the motto is going to uh, uh, be more aggressive as the election goes on because it's going to be more responsive to. Small changes in the polling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that I think we should end it there. Uh, does anyone any any last comments? Any last things to say?
2: I'll buy you a beer, Jonathan, if he gets over three, or if she gets over three fifty.
3: The fact you said that <laughs> there I think speaks volumes too.
2: <laughs> politics. We, 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 we've been talking about Trump for the last forty-five. Minutes, I know. I'm, so Joe, I'm, let's it, I'm just joking. I'm just giving you shit. It's, it's just funny. It? still right then nope he's dead
0: he coughed oh okay well i guess that's it uh thanks for joining us uh hopefully this will be a fun lesson for you all uh it's a little test run for me and hopefully this podcast gets uh, up and running thanks to steve j webb and vip for joining me um and i'll see you next time cheers